because I want to keep the cows. I want to keep milking the cows. I want to do this. I love the milk. I see the value in it. We're adding to other people's lives. We're adding to our life. And I don't want to stop. In my opinion and yours, I know, diet is king, exercise is queen. Oh yeah, you cannot run off a bad diet. if If you're looking to change the scales, literally, then you start that with diet. Mm-hmm. And it's not reducing the number of calories. It is changing what those calories are. Mm-hmm. And so were I to intervene, that's where it would start. Hey, y'all. Put on your boots, grab your headphones, and let's get a little muddy. As we build a community rooted in the love of dirt roads, whether dust or mud. Welcome to the Dust or Mud Podcast. All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Duster Mud Podcast, episode four. This week, we're going to talk about poultry. Yes, we are. Chickens. Yeah. All things, all of our feathered friends. That's right. If you missed last week, it was focused on Shelly and I and our relationship and uh, the joys of a shared goal was the title. And um, we're, we really discussed working with each other and, and getting used to that and, and really getting to know each other. One of the things that we messed up on last week's episode was we wanted to go over more of our why and our goals and such with you. And in our lack of preparation, we forgot to grab the sheet of paper. So, um, if you noticed it, it sounded like, and, and uh, we had goals, we had goals. <laughs> we, we wrote them down. At some point. Moving on. And moving and on. And that's what it sounded like. Right. So um, we wanted to go back and go over those with you. So uh, I I actually got to meet Simon Sinek before I knew who he was even and uh, was really impressed with him. And one of the books that uh, meant a lot to Shelley and I both was Start With Why. And so as we were starting the, the thought process behind a farm enterprise, we started with Why. And Shelly's got the sheet of paper we wrote down in January of 2021, six full months before we retired and before we had even closed on this Yeah, we were just pretty much dreaming this whole thing up. And if we're going to dream up something and we're going to do it, you know, we've, we've been taught for so many years to have a goal. That's right. Have, have your, set your goals and then have something to shoot for. But we actually started with why. But we did start with why. And for that, the why that we wrote down, um, it was to raise natural food so that our family can be together and healthy. And that was written on, we came up with that on February 28th, 2021. Um, yeah, so we, we really focused in on, um, on, the, on the food, you know, and, and getting from the grocery store to not the grocery store. Um, and and being able to be together, which is the which if you hit our goals, was number one was be together. Yep. Uh, number two, grow our own food. And we highlighted grass-fed beef. Yes, I think we had bought a grass-fed beef, and that's why it was very much in our minds. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah. And then number three, to regenerate the soil so that we can impact the land. Yeah. And we knew at that time the style of farming that we wanted to do. Yes. Correct? 
Yes. And then number four was create a profitable business to fund the goals one through three and life in general. Right. So those were our four goals. We had a mission statement, your food, our mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's on our website now. Mm-hmm. And um, our vision statement, we looked five years into the future and said, by 2026, we will have a profitable, sustainable farm that humanely raises natural food. Our immediate family farms together. Through an online presence and home deliveries, mm-hmm. our current reality, we know that, that, that we have added shipping and farmer's markets, but yeah. through an online presence and home deliveries, our extended family customers has grown to 500 local families. So uh, that was our vision where we thought we w- would would be and wanted to strive towards mm-hmm. in five years. We are just barely two years into that. And I would say that as far as um, the looking back at our goals, I think we did a pretty good job uh, of capturing where we where we wanted to go, and I think and that, where we could be, what within the realm of possibility with, with as a small business. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that with the exception of goal number four, create a f- profitable business that funds everything else, I would say that we're definitely um, meeting those goals. We are together. We gro- do grow our own fo- food. We have grass fed feet, grass fed beef in our freezer, yeah. and we're selling it to other families. We are regenerating the soil. And we're working towards number four. Yeah. We did create a, a business. It is it's becoming profitable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know at this point, knowing what we know now, how profitable farming is at all. Yep, but I think it can support itself. And we're it can we're definitely itself. striving towards that. And then as far as the vision is concerned, we're well on our way to that five year vision now. Yeah. The thing that we don't know is we're, we were looking for 500 local families um, f- that we consider part of our family that would form a, a customer base. I don't know that we've made it to 500. No. It would be hard to quantify knowing what we know now about how we do business with with farmers market, especially where folks just walk past. Yeah. Com- uh, customers come, customers go, but there are quite a number that are loyal. They show up every single Saturday to come get the things yeah. that they want. I would say if we had to estimate the number of of families that have purchased products from us, we're between one and 200, probably closer to the 200 families oh, yeah. is where I would guess. So yeah. we are um, on our way to yeah. meeting our vision as well. So that was what you missed last week because we didn't have do it last week. But um, yeah. there we go. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Introduction to the topic of the day. Which all things poultry. All, three, all, all things, things poultry. poultry. But for, yeah. So our poultry, we have our, we have our layers and we have our meat birds. And with the layers, we have chickens and ducks. Mm-hmm. And we have geese that act as guardians. guardians. So Gu- yeah. when we say poultry, it's sort of all-encompassing. We do have free-range guineas also that just sort of roam the farm and eat ticks. So I think we have some free-range chickens, too, that are wild They're They're getting more tame. Yeah, they they're, kind of they're seem wanting to be to staying around the, the chickens yeah. more. But anyway, when we, when we talk about poultry, we got a lot of it's, poultry. it's the guineas, and they're, they just, they're off. They do their own things. Yep. It's uh, layer chickens and ducks. Mm-hmm. It's guardian geese, and it's meat chickens. It is meat chickens. 
Except we don't call them meat chickens. No. We call them beef chickens. That's right. And we call them beef chickens because um, our youngest daughter, Michaela, when we first got our set last year of meat birds, we were going to go and feed them or water them. Yeah, I think it was feed them. Feed them, yeah. And we have beef cows and we have dairy cows and we call them beef cows. And we were going to feed these meat chickens and she accidentally misspoke and called them beef chickens, the meat birds. And it was the cutest thing and it was so... Fitting, really. It was really, really fitting. And it stuck. Yeah, and so, so we've called them beef chickens ever, ever since. since. Yeah. And we've even got a couple of YouTube videos out about the beef chickens. Yeah. And we've we've gotten some comments on some different social media sites like, What do you mean beef chickens? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what is a beef chicken? Yeah, as if as if we're trying to pull the wool and, no. and say that we're we're growing beef with feathers or no, something. No, like, yeah. It, it was really, it was so cute that it stuck. Yeah. So we have beef chickens. We do have And that is our poultry, it, you know, that is our poultry enterprise. Yeah. For the most part. All right. So that's the intro. Uh-huh. But let's give a quick farm update. Okay. Big things that yeah. happened this week. Um, well, just now we had four ewes sold. We sold four ewes and we transported them over to a new farm. Yeah. To a did. new family. A new family. Mm-hmm. Um been in the Ozarks for about six months yeah. and they're starting up a homestead. They homeschool their children. Yeah. Um, very, very cool family. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to uh, get started with sheep and yeah. they're looking to regenerate their pastures. They've got a dairy cow. Um, they've got some chickens and like they're, they're really looking to get this whole thing going. Yeah. And so uh, four lambs from our flock went to Two. their homestead yep. and now they have their own flock. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, it was it was neat. We we talked about it, with the exception of some livestock guardian dogs. That's the first animals to leave the farm that weren't coming back in a freezer, freezer bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was true. that was pretty neat. Yeah, it was really neat. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for them to yeah. get started on their sheep adventure. Yeah, definitely. I think mm-hmm. the other big thing on the on the farm this week, other than it's really hot, and I understand it's hot all over the it's country, so hot. but. But it's it's really hot, uh, oppressively hot. You know, pushing 120 for a heat index, and that that's that's hot. It's made so, us shift our schedule significantly, fairly significantly. Yeah, we're we're getting started about an hour, hour and a half earlier in the mornings, basically right at the, when the sun, first when light. We can see. Yeah, we're out uh, doing things. But mm-hmm. the, probably the most significant um, thing that's happened on the farm in a while is we've moved to once a day milking. Yeah. So the um, our First, we have we milk two uh, A two A two jerseys, and the first one had her calf in December last year, and so um, she lost her calf as well. She had it a bit early on the coldest day of the year, and it was stillborn. And so we have been milking twice a day since, since then. December. Yeah, and um, we we love the dairy cows. We love the milk. We love the whole process. But we never planned on no, milking our, twice a day. That's right. Ever. Our initial plan was that we would do calf sharing. Yep, and we, then even when the calf was weaned, we would just once, transition so her, once a day her to only being milked once a day. Yeah. still not transition, but we would still just milk once a day. Right. But when when she lost her calf. We started immediately milking her mm-hmm. so that we could go ahead and bring her in. And 
twice a day and then we just kept, kept on going. milking twice a day yeah. the other one had her calf about a month later mm-hmm. and we did calf share with her for about four months so we only milked her in the mornings and, and that and worked milked the other uh twice a day yeah but the moral of the story is we yeah. we milk we've been milking twice a day for the, at least eight months yeah and um, we've made the decision. It, it's hot. Their production has gone down. We cut back a little bit on their feed, and we said we're gonna we're gonna switch it up to once, once a day a milking. Day. And yeah. um, we made the decision yesterday, actually. And it was like, was like e- even this morning, oh, yeah. I, I we we keep track of our daily uh, harvest on a board. And even this morning, I asked Shelly, I'm like. We, we didn't write it down. How what much, was it yesterday? How much milk did we yeah. get last night? It's like, so, uh, zero. Remember, we didn't milk? We didn't milk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it really was whenever we started homeschooling, like when we started homeschooling the kids, and they didn't go get on the bus that first time. It was really weird. Yeah. You know, it was really weird to, to not do that. And so... But I can tell you... Last night, it was really kind of weird. That, that moment where we withdrew Rebecca, our oldest, yeah. from school was one of the most freeing moments, like a an, an impactful single moment in life. I think I felt freedom right there more than any other time. Uh, maybe than any other time in life. Yeah. When we made that decision that we were going to Well this felt really akin to that feeling. We were, we were going to take our children back yeah. from the state. Yeah. And um this was very close, was. oddly enough. It was I'm like, like, you know, we don't oh even gosh. have to do any of this, you know. Wow. But uh, we want to, and that was one of the things that I told you was, I want to keep the cows. I yeah. want to keep milking the cows. I want to do this. I love the milk. I see the value in it. We're adding to other people's lives. We're adding to our life, and I don't want to stop. And we, yeah, and we want to enjoy it. And we want to enjoy continuously because yeah. we've got, you know. 10, 15 years of this. And with we love the same it. Couch. Like yeah. we absolutely love it. And we, if, you know, if you don't know us, one thing we don't do, we don't quit, yeah. you know, but burnout is a real thing in homesteading. Burnout's a real thing in farming. Burnout's a real thing in a lot of sectors of life. Yeah. And the last thing that I wanted as it was start, it was starting to creep up on me of, I didn't want to burn out. And it's like something we need to adjust. Let's yeah. shift, pivot, yeah what it makes some adjustments and man we just kind of decided with this heat and both of us immediately felt freer for that decision yeah it was really interesting i we mean all the way down so much to time back when when we can take a shower and clean up from work per se you know the the when when you're milking in the evenings it, it's a when do you eat dinner when do you eat dinner when do you cook dinner is that right. before you go to work again or is it do you wait until after you milk and then it's 8 eight thirty? right and you start cooking like it's it's just oh this, man it was, it, because that's like an hour's worth of work yeah. plus some in the middle of your evening when you just kind of want to sit down so it, it was an impactful decision it for was us. it and was really good as of one day we like it and they did very well um yeah. they did not they no signs of any um, like, any, yeah, no, no issues. No the cows issues. adjusted they very adjusted. well. Yeah. Yeah. They were glad to see us. That's right. But they adjusted well. Yeah. So, so yeah, those are, those are probably the, the two biggest, biggest things on the farm this week. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Very good. Okay. So your poultry enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, specifically meat birds, right? Well, well we let's were, talk about all of them. Yeah. Okay. We, we were going to start with just 
Why did we decide to begin with poultry in general? Well, for like, one thing, because we have had poultry in the strangest of places. Do tell. Well, I remember Alabama. Okay. Prattville, Alabama. Yeah. Living in the suburbs outside of Montgomery when you were at Maxwell Air Force Base and had to have some chickens. You were absolutely against it, but we did it anyways because your mom and I came home with those things. That's true. From the farm store. They yes. had baby chickens. So we got chickens. What we... I was I was appealed. I know you were that appalled. We were living in the suburbs. I know. With a swimming pool with in the a backyard. Pool in the backyard. <laughs> I know, right? And we were getting chickens. Chickens. Yes. And now we've got to, we've got we bought was it four? Yes, it was. Okay, so we bought four chickens and now we have to build, you know, a thousand dollar you know, appropriate coop for these four chickens to live in. Yes. And we did though. And we didn't ask anybody. We don't even know if we were allowed to. We start we all of a sudden we started looking up noise ordinances. We were allowed to. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, not at the time. I don't think I care. I didn't look. I know you didn't look, but that doesn't change the <laughs> fact that we were allowed. Okay, to. fine. We were allowed to have them. Anyways, they, we had chickens in That's the suburbs. right around the same time we decided to homeschool the girls. It was. And we also had garden in, sort of, in Lowe's buckets in our backyard. And a plastic pool. And a plastic pool. We had a small, itty-bitty homestead in the suburbs. In a backyard. In a backyard <laughs> with a swimming pool. Yes. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so that was our... Our initial... Our initial foray into chickens. Yes. Uh, it turned out that I actually did like you having loved the chickens. Them. You loved them. It was great to... Um, it, it always feels slightly wasteful to throw away kitchen scra scraps. scraps. And so it was really, really good to be able to uh, do something yep. with, with things okay. that were just scraps right. for us. And then when they started laying, that really was cool. Um, the addition of eggs... Um, you know, like a garden, it you're you're taking Doing care of yourself. Something you're, to take care of your yeah, own self. Yeah, you're making your own food. Yeah. I realize the chickens are making it, but like yeah. you're making your own food. Yeah. And so it was that was really neat. And so that was our our first intro to poultry. From yeah. from there, um, they they went and lived out the rest of their days at my parents' house as we had to move on base after after that. Yeah, but then. When we were in Maryland, mm -hmm. we also got some chickens. We had a garden. We were living in the suburbs, and we got more chickens. And again, it was legal. And we were again, allowed. It was legal. We were allowed to have up to six. We try not to do illegal things. That's right. We we were allowed to have six up to six hens. Yes. We couldn't have any roosters, and we couldn't have seven. That's right. So we had six, six hens. hens. That's what we did. Yeah. And yeah, and it was great. And we really appreciated being able to grow some of our own food not to mention farm raised eggs are so really much good. more delicious yeah. yeah yeah so that was that was our start and so when we when we talked about the the whole farm um, business and moving here in general and wanting to do farming like there there was never really a discussion about no, poultry we were like, having that was, that was just ha yeah. go going to happen i i think the real discussion was was to get ducks because yeah. we had tasted duck eggs before and thought, wow, that Ooh. was really yeah. good. Oh, uh, I think I said I'm having ducks when, after we had that, a couple of meals with duck eggs. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to, I need to eat duck eggs. Yeah. And so, um, ducks and guineas were the first, say production animals to on arrive the on the farm. Mm -hmm. We had the guardian dogs first and then ducks and guineas showed up right after that. Yeah. Um, and so we we really started the the farm with 
with our poultry, and then two weeks later is when the first layers show yeah. up. So, and and highly recommend to anybody who is out there thinking about how, starting a farm or a homestead of any sort. That's absolutely the place to start. You know, you can keep them in a small space and start making your own food pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Everybody needs chickens. Yeah, and you can often find, you know, pullets that are not far from laying, right. or let you know birds that are already laying. Yeah. Um, it's, it's easy to find, uh, well, it's easy. You can often find, um, hens that are, are aging out that would work well for just a family, Mm -hmm. you know, where a business, um, might not want a a hen that reduces her production down to 60% of what she used to do. That might still be plenty for a family. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of ways to find birds and add them to your, your life. Right. And, and really start making food. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, the geese, guard geese, uh, hadn't really talked about them. Uh, we got those because the crows were eating our duck eggs and, um, the ducks, if you don't know, they're, they're not quite as good as, as chickens at making a nest and laying the eggs in the nest. I would say we're about half and half on a daily basis. About half of the duck eggs will be in some sort of a nest. We've seen them in the pool. Yeah. And then the other half are just sort of (laughs) anywhere and everywhere. And especially with those that were just sort of laying out in the yards, the crows um, will fly by and either eat them in the yard or pick them up and carry them all over the farm and and stop and eat them, them, steal them. And so um, when, when... we were reading about different things to do. One of the things was to get guard geese. And so we got some geese and, um, they, maybe they help protect the birds. I don't know. They don't do anything for the crows though. No, they don't. They don't help at all. No, but they do lay eggs. I was going to say they do, but and they, they do t- lay eggs. And, they, and we didn't know how good those were. Those are really good as well. They're very comparable to duck eggs, yeah. except almost twice the size. Yeah. They're, they're large. And really good. And they're really good. Like duck eggs. Yeah, so there's benefit. Yeah. I don't know that it's the benefit that we wanted no, when we got them. I don't know. But there is benefit. Okay. So um, feed. We feed them. Non-GMO. We do. Beaver so Creek. We didn't start there, especially when we were um, in in Alabama and in mm-hmm. Maryland. We just fit, we went to Tractor Supply. and I don't know at that point that we well, even really knew that that was a thing no. or what... No, we didn't. You know what was in feed? We and then tractor supply and got when, some. When we started here, actually, we didn't. We didn't start with GMO-free no. food. We started with just the from the Pelletized local, local. Pelletized, yeah, local feed store, pelletized food. Yeah, and it, it, we we started doing some research, and we're like, this people talk about the product being better with this different kind of feed. So. The we, product being the eggs the or eggs, the chicken yeah, itself. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we decided, well, let's give it a shot. Yeah. And so we started buying some bags of uh, GMO-free food from the local from local feed store that got it from a local mill. Yeah. And um, initially we thought, I think this does make a difference. Yes, and the, the eggs were better. Yeah. And... Um, the only issue we had was that they didn't really eat the fines. The, the sort yeah, so they of dusty, put minerals, yeah. you know, the dusty minerals in because it's not pelletized. In pelletized food, it's all crammed, it's all packed together. But this is not pelletized. It's you see the corn, you see the oats, you see the grains, you see the real food, 
And so in order to make it a complete feed, they actually put the, the fines and the minerals, the calcium, the good stuff for them. It's just powder in there. They would eat the feed and then we just have powder dust. Yeah, so in they, the bottom of their feed bin, they weren't eating it. They weren't eating the the fines, which meant that they weren't getting the all of the calcium and all of the nutrients that they needed, and so and their we health were, started suffering. Yeah, we were a little bit concerned, and we're like, okay, well, let's go back to the pelletized food, and it, we went back to the pelletized regular food for about two weeks, and the quality of the eggs it was Dropped obvious. Off, obvious. Yeah, I, we went from the dark, beautiful orange oaks to just the pale yellow yolks. Yolks. What did I yeah. say? Oaks. Oaks. Yeah. Yolks. The yolks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, we, the the quality of the eggs, like it, it was almost immediate. It was within a day. Yeah. We could tell that the quality had dropped, and so um, we went back to the GMO free food mm-hmm. and started fermenting it. Yeah. And uh, after some research, there's there were quite a quite a few studies done on dry soaked fermented yeah and so we wanted to know which was best was it best to just wet it so that they would eat the fines in with everything else or was it better to go ahead and let it sit with the water and ferment and as far as the studies that we had seen go in order it is fermented is best then dry then soaked mm-hmm. and so we chose fermented, fermented yeah. as far as production uh you feed utilization in, in that order. Mm-hmm. So we chose to do fermented and we have done fermented fr- from then on. So it took us about, I think, four months to go through that iteration of different types of feed and switch to uh, to get to fermented. Yeah. And we've, we've done fermented GMO-free food ever since. Yep. And it's working for us. Yeah. Sure is. Yeah. Okay. So beef chickens. Um... We grew our own last year. We ran, we did 80 yeah. something. So in, plus or minus. in standard fashion, we had to do an experiment to figure out what kind of chicken we wanted. We decided that we didn't want to do the Cornish cross because we wanted to, to do something different. So we ordered about, um, I think it was 15 or 16 different breeds of roosters uh, from heritage meat to heritage dual purpose to um, a a hybrid meat bird and we um, grew them out and by i think it was day four there was one of the breeds that was double the size of the others and then continued to outgrow everything else yeah we processed one a couple of them and we were like whoa this is definitely yeah. This is definitely the one. Yeah. And yeah. We, we went with Murray, McMurray, Hatcheries, Murray's Big Red Broilers, Broilers. I mm-hmm. think is what they're called. Yep. And um, they just b- by far outproduced it, all of the rest of the breeds that we tried. And so they're, they're, a red, uh, they're a red bird and they walk around and they look like a chicken. They and, act like a yeah, chicken. Yeah, and they act like a chicken. Yeah. They don't just lay around all the time. No, they, they're fairly active. They forage and they eat the grass yep. and they love the... And, and we like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so that that's the bird that we chose, and we ordered. Um, we knew we thought we wanted to do it as an enterprise on the farm. We knew we wanted to do it just to put meat in our freezer. So we started. We bought eighty birds. No, we bought a hundred birds. One oh one oh one. 
because we got a little bit better price as we yeah. tipped over 100. So we bought. We had the cold snap though and we lost quite just a few. Over we got down to about 80 over time. The first week we lost about 15, yeah. I think, and we were down to 85 almost yeah. immediately. And then we ended up processing about 11 weeks uh, old. We processed 82, I think, yeah. was what we took to processing. Yeah. And the, oh, man. Yeah, average weight was somewhere around five pounds yeah. in that 11 weeks. Mm-hmm. And wow, are they good. Oh, they're delicious. And that that is using a Joel Salatin-style chicken tractor, yep. putting them on fresh pasture daily from the time they move out of the brooder at somewhere around four weeks. Mm-hmm. They get green grass every day and fermented non-GMO feed twice a day. Yes. And amazing. Amazing. Chicken. Not even close to the grocery store. No. Not even close. In flavor, in juiciness, in tenderness, mm-hmm. not even close. Yeah. And so we decided after doing that, yep, we can do this. The product is good. Let's grow some for other people to sell yeah. so we can sell them yeah. and add them into, okay, we've got the beef cows. We've got some sheep. We Okay. And we'll talk about all of the enterprises. But the we decided let's add the poultry for sure because we were a little on the fence at one point if we were going to do meat birds. Yeah. And we decided, yes, we can do this. How many are we going to do? And we had to figure all that out. Yeah. And um, in order to process our own birds, also we, we had bought a, an automatic scalder and an automatic plucker. And we knew we wanted to do that because we did pluck those other ones ourselves. Yeah, we, we we scalded them and we hand plucked them and about processed tw- about twenty five birds. Twenty five. Oh my! And we decided that, that since we knew that we wanted to put <laughs> chicken in our freezer, <laughs> we were going to go ahead and get the the automatic yeah. equipment because yeah. it it really is a, a difficult thing to do. And and we said if we're going to scale this up, which yeah. we wanted to do, if we're going to scale this up, we need to be, we have to be faster. We need to add some automation to it. Yeah. So. We added the uh, scalder and plucker, yep. and that that is amazing. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the plucker had, you drop two birds in, and in a little less than thirty, 30 seconds, seconds, there's no feathers yep. left. So that that certainly adds mm-hmm. to it. Some highs and lows of of raising the chickens. For me, at least, I think the the high point. They uh, although. They taste good. Like there's this, the feeling of satisfaction and putting your own meat into your own freezer. Like that was that is good. But for me, the high was um, this year when we processed the first batch. We had over half of them sold before we even processed mm-hmm. them, and the rest we sold within two, two weeks, weeks of processing. Yeah. And that that the feeling of satisfaction as as a farmer, I guess, of um, starting them at, at one day old and taking them all the way through wrapped, you know, shrink wrapped and in the freezer, all, all on farm, on this farm mm-hmm. and then being able to provide that to someone else with the absolute confidence, um, that this is the best product that you could get. Yeah. Um, and then to get that feedback from folks that had purchased them saying, that was amazing chicken. Yeah. Well, somebody um, would be standing there thinking at the farmer's market thinking about it. And then another customer come up and be like, oh, it's good, y'all. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. And so that, that I think, was is probably the high point for yeah. me in, in the poultry poultry enterprise. Yeah. Do you have anything different? No, that's it's the satisfaction. Okay. It's absolutely the satisfaction. And knowing the product is amazing. Yeah. And that you're putting 
you know, no, we don't give vaccines. No, we don't give them antibiotics. No. And nobody really does that on the poultry side as much anymore. But we know exactly what went into it. We know it was GMO free. We know it was just the best food that we could get. And yeah. it's making the best food for our customers. Yeah. And then and ourselves. For on the low side, like what, what was the low point for mm. me? It was uh, the current batch of chickens that we have yeah. out on pasture right now. Uh, it was a, a, a late ad. We had planned a break in the four. middle of the we summer. We were going to do four batches and with a break in the middle of summer because it's so hot. Yeah, and because, and we, because wanted we needed a, a break. We, we said we wanted a break. Yeah. We decided I wasn't going, or we weren't going to take a vacation, vacation in the middle of the summer. We might as well go ahead and order some birds. I did. Um, they, we, we knew it was hot. When it was time to move them out onto pasture, we decided to move them out of the pasture that... Uh, to move the chicken tractor out of the pasture we'd been running them up and down and to put it in one further away from the house and further so away that would from, be a little cooler down there and yeah, further shade. away from everything else and in the afternoon shade we put it on the, the east side of a line of trees so that as the sun went over then they would be in the shade all afternoon and uh the that was second a night poor decision yeah the second night they were down there a um raccoon or possum yeah got into the the chicken tractor and killed Took about half of half them. of the birds yeah and so now there was only there weren't as many in there there were only like 40 something in there right but we did lose almost half of them that time yeah it, maybe a little yeah that. okay um, so anyway the that was that was I think the low point for me as far as the poultry goes is um, a decision that we made put them into a position that um, that we lost a lot of the birds. Yeah. But we moved them up here and the remaining, the remaining ones that we, we, we moved them up here and they are doing really well. We like the circumstances that they're in. Um, but yeah, it hadn't been a great batch. Yeah. At all. So I, I'd say that's, that's okay. That's my low point with the poultry. Do we you, have more in the brooder. Do you have a different one or is that the low point? No, I think one? we share the same okay. highs and lows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think it's the same. Yeah, the next batch is in the brooder now. We've got 80-something in the brooder, 83, I think, in the brooder right now, 82. Yeah. And um, they'll be moving out onto pasture. And this group is doing probably better than the other, any of the other ones so yeah, far. Yeah, they're doing really they're well. They're doing really well. But we, we will move the tractor from, yeah, the, no, yeah. from the death trap where it's at now. Yeah. When, and <laughs> put it in a different that spot. That was a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. Very. Was. Okay. So... Um, what was the next thing that you were thinking about? Well, I, I wanted, I w really wanted to talk about from the poultry from a business perspective. Okay, and that that leads into the the business of our farm specifically okay. on a on a little bit bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, the poultry are a key part of the layered enterprises that we have that make up the farm as it the farm business. business as it currently stands today. Mm -hmm. So as you heard in our goals, we were really focused initially um, on grass-fed beef. On grass-fed beef, mm -hmm. yeah, in our ignorance about, uh, not saying we're stupid, but we just didn't know about the farm business side mm -hmm. of things. And, it, and it, it started with a desire for, I want to put beef in the freezer. That's right. And then how can we turn that into a business? And um, when you, especially when you're looking at grass-fed beef, from the 
time that the cow is bred, mm-hmm. she carries for nine months, and then you're looking at at least two years, if not two and a half years more, yeah. after that, to feed out that steer mm-hmm. or, or whatever a- animal, animal until it's time to process it. So you're looking at a, a three minimum of 36 months. You're yeah. looking at a minimum of three years to go from, hey, I've got a cow and I want to raise a, a, some meat some meat to put in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at three plus years and you're trying to run a business, the ca- the lack of cash flow in that model is, uh, you, you just can't do it. Like you can't, there's it's a long game. Yeah, it's really a really long, long game. game. You have to have an exorbitant amount of capital up front in mm-hmm. order to get started and carry the business for at yeah. least three years right. before you can ever sell the first product. If you're gonna if you're gonna start with I have a cow and I'm gonna sell beef, it's going yeah. to take you a long time. a long time. Right. And so as we started learning more and getting more into the business side of the farm, we we really it, it became evident, obvious, that we needed layered enterprises. And the layering is based on the time that it takes to um, get the the product from beginning to end, basically. Yeah. When do you get it to when can it be in someone else's freezer right. or someone else's household? Mm-hmm. And so what we learned was that we need some things that are m- much more immediate than three years. Yeah, we have to have cash flow. So we need the 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 daily, the, I don't know, kind of monthly or every two months in there. And then you have six months, a year, and then three years. Yeah, so as, as we started putting it together then, it, in order, we have eggs that are produced daily and milk that is produced daily. Mm-hmm. And we're able to collect, gather, whatever you want to call it, and sell those things on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Now, the amount that you're getting for it is obviously less, but it's cash flow in. Yeah. And cash flow in for a business is it's, a necessity. Yeah. And so you've got the, the milk and eggs on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is the beef chickens. Yep. And, at, you know, from the time they show up on ten the farm, weeks. you got 10 weeks later. So two and a half months later, you like from the 80 birds that we processed the first time, I think it was 375 pounds of meat or so. Yeah, that's a that's a talking point by itself. Yeah, it, well, from a business, okay, we can go there. Yeah. But from a business perspective, you know, very quickly, now in two and a half months, you've you've turned um, a, a day old chick into into chicken, chicken, frozen that now you can sell and put yeah. in somebody's freezer. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you've got the pigs. So you, you bring in. Pigs, we bring them in at about eight weeks old. They stay on the farm for six months. And in six months, then each pig gives you about 200 pounds of pork mm-hmm. that you can now sell, uh, put in someone's freezer. Yeah. So so we've got a daily, we've got two and a half months, we've got six months, then you've got lamb. Mm-hmm. And lamb from, you know, if you take it from in the same timeline as, as, the, cat, as, as the beef, the beef you, you know, a ewe is pregnant for five months, and then once the lamb is born, you've got one year to pro- to process that lamb. So somewhere between 12 and 17 months, I would say, is is really what you're talking about when you're when you're talking about lamb. Mm-hmm. So six months on the pigs, say an average of 13, 14 months for the sheep, and then we've already talked about the 36 months for the cows. Mm-hmm. And so 
the while you're waiting on the 36 months for the cow, you've had two and a half batches of lambs, you've had six batches of pigs, you've had however many batches of chicken Depending you decide many, to do, yeah. right? And you've had three years well, worth of as daily eggs and milk. With the farming, with the farming that we do, with the poultry exemption that we have, we can do a thousand. In the state of Missouri, we can do the thousand birds on farm yeah. and sell them like that. So you could just, even if you said a thousand, we can do, we could do a thousand. Yeah. And so as you start to layer those enterprises, then now you can see how you can start bringing in cash flow. Mm-hmm. And as the cash flow comes in, then that helps buy the feed for the, the hogs. And then as the hogs come in, that helps buy the feed for the dairy cows. And as you sell the milk, that helps buy the next batch of hogs. And so like now you, you've just, you have an influx of, of cash. Um, and there's the, not enough of anything to buy hay. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody seen the hay yeah. prices these days? I, I suppose you could sell, sell uh, a, a small a, child. A child. Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what it's, you would have to sell to I don't hay. know. Hay is so expensive right now. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So the so you the, know the beef chicken. Uh, can we go back to the beef chickens, please? And the 345 pounds. Yeah. That you were talking about. I think it was 375. Oh, 375 yeah. pounds. Um, that is. 375 pounds of protein in 10 weeks. That, that was an eye-opener exactly. for, for us as we, as we did that. We had, the first beef we had processed, he, he weighed in, um, the, or the first one we sold, he weighed in at, at around 800 pounds and like freezer meat um, out of the whole deal, it was un, just under 400 pounds of meat in the mm-hmm. freezer. And we were we didn't think anything of it really because that's that's just the conversion when you go from live weight to hanging weight down to what you actually have in the freezer and then when we processed the first batch of chickens after having them on the farm for 10 weeks um and we added up all of the weights and it was 350 plus whatever it was 350 plus pounds of protein in the freezer it was like what, what? Wait a minute. That, wow. That was really cool. That was cool. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that, that chicken and beef are comparable or equal or any of those types of things, but when you just look at it from a pounds of meat in the freezer perspective, mm-hmm. it, you can put a lot of meat in the freezer when you're talking about chickens. And people that raise rabbits, they they find the same thing. You can you can get a lot of, a lot of protein yeah. in a fairly small amount of time. And people love chicken. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's true. It's a big, it's a hot item. Yeah, it is. All right. What's, what's the future? What are we doing? What are we doing next with poultry? Well, we're going to finish the season. Okay. We're going to, we have this batch left and then we have one more. We do. Um, we'll put some in our freezer. We have some growing. There's only a a few few left. We're going to cut those up. Um, turns out we can make, uh, cut it up into pieces and sell by the cut on chicken with our poultry exemption. So we'll start doing, you know, packages of breasts and thighs or thigh quarters, whichever one, you know, however we want to do it. Um, and we'll start selling them that way. And that way we can add value to the chicken. And some uh, people don't like whole chicken. They don't. Uh, we've actually had people really like, I don't know what to do 
with a whole chicken, which and is that's that's fair. That, and so yeah, absolutely. In order understand to that. accommodate that, we're going to start cutting some of them up. Yeah. We'll sell some as cuts and yeah. some as whole. Yeah. So that'll be that'll so be that, kind of that'll, that'll be, be fun a, and interesting. A bit of a change, change as far as the poultry goes, mm-hmm. and then so we, we have one more batch of chicks showing up, um, and then that'll be it for this year for the the Meat beef first, the, yeah, beef, the chickens. beef chickens. We'll continue to have eggs. Um, but the, as far as the beef chickens go, that's it. That season. And then and next year, uh, we've we've talked about it, and we've decided that we're definitely doing beef chickens again. Oh, yeah, for sure. We might even do more. Yeah. We, we don't know. Yeah. So We'll plan in the winter when right? it's cold what we're really going to do. <laughs> yeah, this year we, we had... Just under 400 is yeah. what we ordered. I think we ended up processing probably somewhere around 350. So we could almost triple the amount mm. of poultry that we do and still well, let's do start by the double. exemption. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. That's fair. And, and we talked let's about go up slowly. potentially adding turkeys. Yeah, we did. And, and then we're really considering it. Because first we want to grow a turkey. Turkey for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people really enjoy around the, hol- that, the holiday times having a fresh farm raised turkey yeah. and yeah we don't have to do a huge amount we just you know i don't know a few yeah a couple dozen for our for our customers and friends and family yeah sure so um that's something that we're considering yeah. turkeys are hard to keep alive when they're little mm-hmm. um they're fairly hardy as they get bigger but they're they're hard to keep they're alive when they're little i know a lot of people can i know a lot of people can't yeah and um, so we'll, we'll give it a try. We're considering it yeah. for sure. Yeah, that'll be and that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, cool. Does that wrap up poultry? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ready for your current event? Uh, yeah. All right. What you got? Here we go. Okay. Current event. So uh, I I read an article, and I'm going to throw out just some so, some highlights from the article. Okay. And then. You can react, and, and we'll go. We'll take the conversation in whatever, it goes. whatever direction you take it. Cool. And then I'll, I'll try to respond okay. or react. Okay. 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 The, uh, the title of the article is, Obesity Among U.S. Soldiers Swelled to Almost 25% During the Pandemic. This is uh, by Philip Wellman from Stars and Stripes, August 16th. Um, American soldiers piled on the pounds during the pandemic with about three-quarters of roughly 192,000 active-duty subjects analyzed uh, deemed either overweight or obese, and almost 25% of those made it to the obese range. Mm. Um, They did all of that based on BMI, or body mass index, and their assertion was that the increase in Overweight and obesity is likely to continue unless there is intervention. Um, Nearly 74% of the soldiers uh, examined were either overweight or obese. Um, And they also highlighted towards the end that they can't establish, the, the data cannot be used to establish what caused the weight gain. So... They don't know what caused it? They don't know what caused it. Um, tater chips? That could be. We, we just don't Donuts? Know. Maybe. <laughs> McNuggets? I, I couldn't know. The, the study says they weren't they able to determine what caused it. What caused it. Okay. 
Yeah. So, huh. what, what are, what not are you, working. <laughs> what do you think? Maybe because I know a lot of people. A lot of the military during the COVID was just kind of sent home for a little while, and they really didn't even go to work. And that was one of the things that the the article did highlight was that um, it was generally amongst the uh, lower enlisted ranks mm-hmm. who live in the dorms and are on um, go to the dining facility right. for their meals yeah. and are used to having um, uh, organized physical fitness. Yeah, and, and then they couldn't do they that. Were, everyone was sent home. There was no organized physical fitness, um, and you just went to the dining facility. Yeah. Wow. So any so, thoughts? So our military is fat. No. Um, well, <laughs> it, it, it was a study of the Army in specific, oh, and it, they, okay. uh, three quarters are either overweight or obese, given the parameters of body mass index. Okay, uh, from fair enough. American, we, okay, American body mass index. Perspective. Body mass index warped to me anyways. Okay. You know, like I'm pretty sure that um, the numbers are so... They're very hard to achieve. You know, the, I think the pe- all the people that I know that I think are thin are probably con- on the body mass index. They're probably considered overweight. So I, I didn't I didn't look at it from a perspective of individual people, mm-hmm. but I did look at it from um, because it's just a, a ratio of height to weight. Yeah. And then they they come up with a number and it's in mm-hmm. centimeters and kilograms and all of this stuff. But, yeah. But anyway, you, you end up with a, a number that is your BMI. And then from that, you can determine, given a specific height, what is healthy. I use that in quotes uh, um, from a medical perspective. Mm. What is a healthy weight? So the average yeah. height male in the United States is five foot nine. Mm-hmm. So and what does that mean they're supposed to weigh? What does the study say? Or what is the well, national Well, if, if by supposed to, you mean normal. Okay. Normal, According to that, normal. Normal weight for an average height male of five foot nine is between 125 pounds and 169 pounds. 125 pound, five foot nine man. Is normal. That's normal. Yes. Well, Okay. <laughs> Well, it's on the low end, but you, that's you tip interesting. O- you tip overweight at 169, 170 pounds. So overweight is five foot nine, 170 through uh, 202 pounds. Hmm. And then obese is considered 202 or, and above. Okay. So for a five foot nine frame. That's interesting. And then for females, now uh, average female height is five foot four. Mm-hmm. Um, you tip overweight at 147 pounds and you tip obese at about 176 well i think if they're basing it on that information some of it maybe we don't have a fat military maybe the the information or the charts that they're having to use in order to determine that are kind of off yeah could be a little bit i mean i know that everyone kind of sat home and got rotund you know a little bit during the covid thing but my i have my question is okay if something doesn't change, there's going to need to be intervention. We already have physical standards in the military. They have tests they have to pass. Yes. They have a height weight. No, they don't have height weight. There is no weight standard anymore. Correct. They've changed that right. recently, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no standard. But they have to pass the test. Mm-hmm. If they don't pass the test, like is it, is it kind of like, I don't know, stealing in California? Like you, there's no real consequence anymore 
Um, I, I honestly don't know for the Army. I know for the Air Force, the consequences are grave oh. for as far as your career is concerned. Okay, but if everybody's if, that way, we have no military. We're in, we got a national security problem around our waist. That's the assertion of the article. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I, I think I take it in, a, in I, I can look at it in a few different ways. One, I believe BMI yeah. is a flawed way of yeah. determining this yeah. because um, you can be very, very fit and very, very muscular. They're very heavy. And quite heavy mm-hmm. and tip the, the BMI into obese. Yeah. And really, you're actually in great shape. Right. So I think that BMI is a fairly ridiculous way of doing this. And if we're going to make any um, changes, especially on a mass scale, as far as like intervention is concerned, yeah. we better come up with a better way of Let's determining. Let's start somewhere different. Let's start yeah. somewhere different. Yeah. That could actually um, evaluate whether or not a person needs intervention. Okay. So for me, that that's the, the first thing is you've... You've created a, a headline that we're, we have a readiness problem in the military due to obesity. Okay. And the numbers you're using, if you take a military population and you say the military should be in the best shape with the lowest fat, with the most muscle, which is going to weigh the most, if that should be your military population, it's possible, although I don't think it's probable, it's possible that everyone's in great shape. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. No, I but don't I, think so. I but I think that we should start from something a little, a, a little so did firmer. They, so than in the BMI. study, there was nothing nothing mentioned about how what was the percentage of pass fail rate on their PT tests no. or anything. Nope. Mm-mm. So we don't care how physically fit they are. Just on this particular study. That's correct. Now we do care how physically fit they are. Well, the assertion of the study was that they are unfit for duty oh, because gosh. according to the BMI charts, they are overweight. Okay, so you're just going to get... Okay. There's a, so what's the intervention? We don't know. Mm. What would you think would be an intervention? I, I, what would I, you do? I don't know. I mean, given, okay. Given I mean, the, what do you, okay you, we have an all-volunteer force yeah. who has said, I'll do it. Yes. Okay. And now, we know we have recruiting problems. That's a whole other talking point. But if if you have an all-volunteer force and they all voluntarily decided to eat Twinkies and get a little round and now they can't pass their PT test and we do have a problem and we need an intervention, but we don't have anybody else stepping up to the plate, what happens? Yeah. So the, I think there's a couple of things in that. Um <laughs> If they can't pass their physical fitness test, that that is something different to me than they tip a, a scale wrong as far as an index yeah. table is concerned. So um, if you can't pass your physical fitness test, then the intervention is we're going to do group physical fitness until you can. Mm-hmm. And that becomes your, your job because it is important. Mm. And so at, at that point, I, I think the intervention looks something like that. Okay. If, the, if they're talking intervention for making the body mass index tables, you know, if making the, the folks show up differently on those tables, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the intervention is. No, I, I think um, this goes into a, a much bigger conversation for me on the standard American diet mm-hmm. and following the standard American diet, in my opinion, leads you to 
overweight and obesity. Mm-hmm. And so as long as the military is going to feed their soldiers, airmen, Marines, Coast Guards, Guardians, Guardians like everyone, right? Sailors, like if we're if we're feeding our our service members the standard American diet, mm-hmm. I believe that the past 60, 70 years has shown us mm-hmm. that that's going to lead to overweight and obesity. And so I would I would point right back at the service to say, change the food that you're serving your members. Agree. Most of these people are eating in the dining facility. Mm-hmm. The dining facility is feeding them, is crap. Feeding them the standard American <laughs> diet. It's- which that. is a high carbohydrate, low fat diet. Yeah. And it is leading to the Well, you've eaten in those dining halls, you know what the offerings are. I do. Mm-hmm. A high carbohydrate, low fat diet mm-hmm. that is leading to overweight and obesity. So if there were going to be if I were in charge and there were going to be an intervention, it would start at the dining facilities. In my opinion and yours I know. Diet is king, exercise is queen. Oh yeah, you and cannot so run off about diet. If you're if you're looking to change the scales, literally, mm-hmm. then you start that with diet. Mm-hmm. And it's not reducing the number of calories. It is changing what those calories are. Mm-hmm. And so were I to intervene, that's where it would start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be there with you. <laughs> huh. That's an interesting current event. Hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. You, you just always come with the, the coolest topics. <laughs> All right. Goodness. Wow. They need to do something. I don't know that. Yeah, they need to do something. Hmm. Because, yeah, we got problems. There we are. Here we are. With my standard, we got problems, y'all. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay, it's, it, cool. it's not good. No, it's not. But on, on this But it one, can be but it actually can be changed. Yeah. That's the hopeful thing was what you were just talking about. It could be changed. Yeah. On, it's really on this one I, I point more fingers back. You know, if you mm-hmm. if you first you know, of all, your study's skewed or, if you, or if jacked you up. Point your finger at somebody three more or pointing back at yeah. you. Yeah. Um I I point some fingers at least half of them back at the services that are feeding crap. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cool. Yeah. All right. So wrap well, it up. Yeah, let's wrap that up. Woohoo. Cool. So episode four, all about poultry. Yes. Yeah. And and we're going to continue with it. And um, we we absolutely love putting chicken in people's freezers. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, we, we enjoy it for ourselves. Yes. And make Some of the, the best chicken I've ever eaten. Make the best product we can because that's what we want mm-hmm. and are really excited to be able to share that with other folks. Yeah. Okay, what are we going to talk about in episode five? Ooh, episode five, <laughs> Life in the Ozarks. Oh, that's going to be so fun. So if you haven't noticed, we're sort of doing a uh, hard power, soft power, basically, yeah. um, uh, transition between the episodes. So a little bit of farming business and then a little bit of touchy-feely and then a little bit of farming and business. And so life in the Ozarks Life next week. in the Ozarks next week. Oh, I can tell you one thing. What's that? Everybody waves. Yep. Everybody waves here. Well, not everybody, but, you know, the on the country roads and the, you know, the back sort of windy roads. Oh, everybody waves. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Very friendly. It is different. It is very different. It, yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Definitely. Good. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for joining or watching us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this, please make sure you hit subscribe, follow, like. That helps the algorithm to know to show this podcast to other people and give them the option to watch it too. And we always love the comments. Oh, yeah. Keep bringing the comments. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Um, The computer likes that too. Not only us, but it does too. I'm all about that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we do. I, we it, love it, it. It really does help us. It, it lets us know what what resonated with you and and different things that we can talk about in the future. Yep, that's right. Okay, until next week. All right, bye y'all. Bye y'all.